Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to the Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. No pigs were harmed during the portion of this film. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here to discuss Minute 19 of Jurassic World, but before we get to that, David, um, the gears, the gears? Yeah, the gears have been turning over at Jurassic-pedia.com with uh, a fantastic article you wrote up there, um, looking at the uh, original Trenosaur marquee, which we discussed in the uh, June issue of Jurassic Minutes. And also, uh, we have a full costume gu- costume guide up now for the uh, eco-terrorist himself, Nick Van Owen. <laughs> yeah, this one was greatly assisted by Rymo on the replica prop form. He also creates a fantastic um, cryocan replica and had been helping Chronicle with input on their replica, I think, uh, when, they were, when they first started out. This one was... Nick Van Owen was one that I'd been wanting to do for quite a while, him and Eddie Carr both. But I wasn't really sure where to start, and so Rymo kind of kicked it off for me he, by IDing the uh, vest and <clears throat> some of the other little items in here, like his watch and stuff. Um, so the like we got the vest, it was like a lot of other items in... This movie supplied by Willis and Geiger. It's a Bush Poplin <laughs> um, photojournalist vest. T-shirt. It does have kind of this unique collar that Rymo identified, but for now, just for cosplay purposes and getting the article out there, I just put basic olive drab T-shirt. The pants are unique and strangely hard to identify. I put a TBD on this one because I don't know... They look like the like um, these kind of cotton twill military style cargo pants, but the thigh or I mean with the, but the um, front hand warmer pockets have a flap, have a button snap closure flap. But unlike most of the pants that I could find, these the flaps are facing backwards in the opposite direction that they are shown in most of the ones that I found. And so I just kind of put up the ones that were by H&M and put a TBD on those. Belt, it's, I mean, it's, it is what it is. The boots, again, Willis, Willis and Geiger are hiking boots. And then, of course, we got the accessories. So I'm mean, like the watch, the, um, it's a Swiss Army, uh, uh, Swiss Army watch, tattoo, uh, cameras that have already been identified. And, 
then I identified something myself. The bolt cutters that he had are 14-inch Tecton bolt cutters. I The thing that tripped me up was that I'd been thinking that the handles were removable. They're not. It's just that he's removing the rubber grips on the handles to kind of make them easier to slip in and out of his his the inside pocket on his on his vest. Yeah, I I question that when you start posting these photos up on the PDU discussion group and <laughs> had to go and look at that scene again because yeah, I assumed if these were the uh, the bulkers and maybe he'd customize them so they're easier to store in his top pocket and <laughs> be able to um, break mm-hmm. them down. But uh, no, he um, <laughs> he just slides the plastic grips off. Mm-hmm. Which and their identi- the kind of the identifying features that really break the or point them out as tecton is that the there's the two knobs on the side of the handle for adjustment and then you got the big flat bar across the teeth that say tecton mm-hmm. you can't see it in the movie because of it's in the shadow but that's where you can see it out you can see the same exact shape on the actual prop itself yeah yep. Then we got a tattoo here too. Is that Nick Van Owen or is that um, blank? <clears throat> no, that's Nick. That's um, yeah, that's you can see it in the um, trailer scene when him and Sarah are messing with the baby T Rex. It's on the inside uh, left forearm, right just below his elbow. Yeah, so that's a that's a character thing and not the actors. Actor had a tattoo there. They never covered up. I assume it was a character thing because I've seen. Vince Vaughn in other movies, and I've never seen him have this tattoo. Yeah, Vince Vaughn, that's it. <laughs> Blank there, but yeah, no, good, yeah, good point. I wonder who'd know about that. Do we know in the community? Not sure. I know it's been pointed out before. I can't remember by who. That both Nick Van Owen and Ian Malcolm have uh, tattoos on their arms, but yeah. No, I just looking at. Um... The photos at the top of uh, the vest, and then I'm thinking, oh, this should be a nice, easy one to uh, to replicate the costume. And then you scroll down and see that Wilson Gogger name, go, oh shit, <laughs> damn you, it's Hammond, not... and your expensive stuff. Well, exactly. It's not that it's hard to find; it's that it's expensive. Yeah. And in the last couple of years, and I don't know this is, if this is just my uh, like my fault and other cosplayers for identifying this stuff, or if. It's just the stuff's becoming rarer. But I've noticed Willis and Geiger products becoming more and more expensive. Like, I bought my Roland jacket for, like, I think 40, 50 bucks. But now they go twice to three times as much. Wow. I'm going to say it's demand from the fans. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing it. So, yeah, great great, um, costume got there for Nick Van Owen. Again, I'd really love to see him return to the franchise while we can, but we'll see what happens there. <laughs> Head over to Jurassic-Pedia.com, check that out, and check out a lot of new stuff that's going up there weekly. Think it'll scare the kids? The kids? This is going to appear in nightmares. Is that good? It's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, while we're over at Jurassic-Pedia, uh, article up there, Bicycle Claw, from uh, 2015, on the character of Owen Grady, um, employed as a Velociraptor trainer on Isla Nublar, part of the Ibris Project. We're going to get to that um, next minute, but 
ex-military, I'd, we, we sort of we've discussed before how this seems to be a bit of uh, that John Sales script um, leaking through, mm-hmm. and uh, the military man on the island. We're just getting the start of his character now. There's a lot more to discuss about him as we continue on um, his role, his employment by Ingen, and just how does a Navy man go to training velociraptors? <laughs> Well, I think well, he says that he was in the Navy in Jurassic World later on, but um, I know that the Lego game kind of gave him a little bit more backstory, saying that he <laughs> was part of the Navy's um, experimental program to train dolphins to place mines on the bottoms of ships. So that would kind of... I don't know if that's canon, but I kind of consider it to be myself. So just because it would make more sense why he would be hired for the project that would try to train velociraptors. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And that... I mean, dolphins and velociraptors, both very intelligent, very willful, can be both very violent animals. Yeah. yeah and everybody and... likes to think, oh, dolphins are so cute, they're so sweet. Dolphins aren't sweet. They're nasty <laughs> little bastards. <laughs> you think they're talking to each other when they're making those noises? No, they're laughing at you. <laughs> um... Yeah, oh, they're, not just laughing. they're thinking of horrible and off and violent ways to kill you. <laughs> eat, eat they're them. violent. They're, they're like they're like swimming chimpanzees or even swimming humans. They're just very violent uh, creatures. <laughs> they will torture their prey before killing it. Mm. They do. Yeah, and you bring up the Lego games. The uh, the Lego TV stuff we've seen so far. He has a really well trained dog <laughs> that um, he has on the island with him in there as well. So it, that does make the most sense that he has got some uh, previous animal training before. It's a shame we don't get a little bit more of that when we're getting him with the uh, the baby blue and stuff in Fallen Kingdom on those videos. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Well, that, like we're going to talk in the next minute, some of the stuff with the Ibris project uh, does bring up some very interesting ideas and implications yep yep so yeah bit of a long article here uh, going through sort of his whole role in the uh, film which we're about to see um a little bit about the prior events but uh, of course if you want to look at all that stuff the uh, ibris project uh, article would be the one to go and we'll talk about that next minute leaving drastic-pedia.com and heading over to imdb we have the article up here for chris pratt uh playing um, Owen, I know he said Star Lord. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, where's the uh, where's the film list here? I don't know if there's going to be an order. I I'm trying to wrap my head brain around whether or not I knew him before this, because I know Gardens of the Galaxy come out the year before, so that's probably my first Chris mm-hmm. Pratt um, awareness year. And then straight into Jurassic World the year after. I knew of him. Like, I knew he was in Parks and Recreations, even though I'd never seen it. And I hit, and I knew he was in Zero Dark Thirty, because I had seen that. Which was, I think, an Iraq War movie. But I'd never really paid much attention to him as an actor before, um, before Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like, the only stuff I knew going into... Relating him into Jurassic World was those fans that were commenting on um, how I'm not even going to say overweight how how not as athletic as he was in Parks and Rec and now he seems to have got into shape for Guardians and um, Jurassic World and that where 
Oh, yeah, he, he used to be chubby. There's a... I can't remember what it's for, but there's a video of Chris Pratt kind of trolling. He He's uh, taking the place of Obi-Wan in the <laughs> Darth Vader duel in A New Hope, and he's just kind of screwing with Darth Vader the whole time, and it's really funny. <laughs> My mom never even knew the video existed, so I looked at it and I just watched it. It's really, really funny. Watch it if you've never watched it. I think I need to check that out. <laughs> Well, that sort of goes off um, his appearance in Guardians and as Emmett in the Lego movie, sort of more of that comedic thing, and that's hmm. that may be where I was um, seeing his character sort of go in Jurassic World, and he does have some lines. We're going to see some of that coming up. Um, but he also, the serious stuff too, I think he nails a lot better than the com- comedy, but uh, hmm. that might be just the, the script, and um, we'll get to those scenes when we get to them. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just looked it up. It was for the Xbox Connect. It was a 20, uh, 2012 commercial that he did. Yep, yep. yep. Ah, here it is. It's on his IMBD too. Connect Star Wars Duel. Yep. TV movie. Nice. Um, and looking here, too, he uh, returned to Parks and Rec for a special this year. Um, mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah, there's the um, reunion special they did. Yeah, yep. Uh, he's got a couple of projects post-production that near of course Dominion's filming and um, Guardians 3 coming up in a couple of years time Mm -hmm. so whether Star-Lord's going to continue for a while in uh, Marvel don't know but uh, we do get to see him we'll see his outing one more time as uh, Owen Grady coming up next year Mm -hmm. around 2010 Passengers oh oh, no earlier 2010 No, no, it was, what was that Curve the Bullet movie? Oh, Wanted. Was it Wanted? Wanted or Salt. It's one of those, I know Angelina's in both of them. Yeah, but it was, it was Wanted, yeah. He was in Wanted, and I remember watching it, and it's got young Chris Pratt and young um, uh, Professor Xavier, what's his name? Patrick Glass. Yeah. What? Oh, the other one, McAvoy. <laughs> yeah, Jay has, has a young James James McAvoy in it. It's kind of funny because you're in it to watch young James McAvoy, but then Chris Pratt uh, shows up in the in, in and out of the movie through, uh, multiple times, and he plays McAvoy's ex best friend screwing his girlfriend or should I say ex girlfriend? And it's funny because I mean he's kind of big and he's kind of dopey looking, but he's like, oh my god, it's Chris Pratt. <laughs> and you're watching it, it's like you do not expect Chris Pratt to show up in this movie because mm. it just does not seem like a movie Chris Pratt would show up in. Yeah. Now, now when you think of Chris Pratt now, it doesn't seem like a movie he'd show up in. Yep. He's, now that he's kind of become this goofy action hero. Yeah, and I've closed the IMDb site down now, but I'm sure there's some stuff from the early 2000s that maybe not Disney Channel stuff, but sort of the. Uh, lower budgeted films that he probably had an appearance in as well. Are you still building? We planned to open in May, but NASA Containment insisted we build the walls up higher. It's bigger than expected. Alright, Dave, we got minute 19 to get it to. Ready to go? Yeah. As when minute 18 of Jurassic World, Simon asks Claire, the paddock's quite safe then. Claire slowly nodded. Says we have the best structural engineers in the world. And Masrani retorts, Yes, so did Hammond. As we open on minute 19, Masrani says, There's an American Navy man here, part of one of my research teams, Owen Grady. 
Claire reluctantly says, I know who he is. At the 11 second mark, Masrani continues, His animals often try to escape. They're smart. He needs to be smarter. Claire smirks. He thinks he's smarter. At the 20 second mark, seeing past Claire's sarcasm, Masrani continues, I want you to bring him in. Let him see the paddock. Maybe he sees something we can't. At the 27 second mark, we cut the dense jungle as beams of sunlight penetrate the canopy. Birds call, and insects can be heard in the jungle. The quiet is disturbed by a pig squealing as it runs along a trackway. Several seconds later, we cut to the feet of a velociraptor, giving chase close behind. At the 40 second mark, the pig comes out into a clearing and runs across a small compound. As we cut back to the raptor, we hear someone yell, hold, and the raptor skids to a stop. At the 46 second mark, we cut back to the pig as it's found a small gateway in the wall of the compound and makes its escape. We get a slow pan up the legs of the Velociraptor and get our first look at Blue, Delta, Echo and Charlie. And as minute ends, we pan up onto a catwalk with Owen Grady yelling out to his raptors, okay, let's move, and click in his clicker. As we open minute 19, Masaroni pauses and slowly walks past the uh, observation windows and he uh, says to Claire, there's a military man here, part of a research program one of my companies is running, Ellen Grady. And the whole time we're on Claire, um, she knows where this conversation's going and saying when (laughs) Owen's name is mentioned, we get the sigh, which... I suppose, well, we're going to get to it real quick, but I'd, I'd never assumed relationship thing. Well, it really wasn't, as um, as Owen points out later in the day, to, or I mean, as they, as they both kind of point out later in the movie, it was one date that Owen showed up to in under in um, <laughs> swimwear <laughs> or shorts. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to rewatch the scene again, but yeah, it seemed like he, he was brought on the project in his first... <laughs> When he first got there, he's seen her and uh, yeah, gone for the date, done the uh, her uh, the romantic thing, and it, she realised that was never going to happen. <laughs> but she says, "I know who it is, who he is," and um, she sort of tries to compose herself a little bit. And um, we get an interesting line here from Masray, which I wish was uh, brought up later in the film. But uh, his of, his animals often try to escape. They're smart. He has to be smarter. I wish we'd seen the raptors trying to escape or. <laughs> Or something, mm-hmm. it would probably it'd probably bring them back to being more wild or villainous than what they are. Especially if what we see coming up, he's going to train them. Hoskins thinks, oh, that's great. He has this, he has this little side comment of you're here on a good day, and then after that, it's all let's get these raptors out and <laughs> see what they can do. Except for Masrani, so it, it, maybe it's just a, a, a little line that again remind you how smart the raptors are but yeah i don't think we really see it in the film no we really, i mean we do see kind of see it when um that guy they pull into the cage and we'll talk more we'll kind of break down that scene when we get to that minute <laughs> because there are there is some interesting pack dynamic going on in that minute yeah which interestingly that actor or oh, that character's name is leon He's not mentioned in the film at all. I just noticed that before when we were at the Pedia for Owen. Um, but uh, Claire sort of jokes. He thinks he's smarter, which... Okay. Uh, Masrani is partly shocked at the comment, uh, but continues. I want you to bring him in. Let him inspect the paddock. Maybe he sees something we can't. 
because of course we had that line at the end of the last minute that uh, even Hammond, or even when they have the best engineers in the world, so did Hammond, and things still went wrong. So, but I sort of love this shot of Maserani sort of silhouetted by the large windows too. Again, sort of a reminder of how very small we are in this environment. Mr. Masrani will see you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that joke being made because at the time the two movies were being made, I think the um I think at the time Fifty Shades of the Fifty Shades of Grey poster just came out with the silhouette of Mr. Grey in the office building and all you see is the is his back in silhouette and it's titled Mr. Grey will see you now. That, so I remember, I think they spoofed that when this came, first came out. <laughs> well, that sort of brings up something I haven't discussed last minute. When um, we were talking about the broken glass and it, me expecting a jump scare there, we had that poster of Glare on, uh, Glare, Claire on one side of the glass window and the Indominus on the other, sort of staring, looking at each other both. And a lot of people were commenting about how they're both in white and um, polar opposites or that sort of thing in that movie poster where... That's probably where I thought that maybe there was a, a scene of her, the Indominus, attacking or trying to get the Claire there. But, mm-hmm. Um, but that's uh, that's the end of the Indominus enclosure in Paddock 11 for the moment. Uh, anything else we've missed before we head over to the other side of the world? No, I think we're good. We uh, now jump into the, once again, geological inaccurate <laughs> issue with Jurassic World as we get a, uh, a cut to a jungle canopy, birds and insect noises. I can, there's a kookaburra in here, I can hear, clearly hear it, so the, I, I thought they were only native to Australia. I don't know. <laughs> but I did not realise there was a kookaburra, but in retrospect they probably just took a bunch of random jungle animal noises and placed it in the scene. Yeah, yeah. We get a great shot here too of the uh, the sun streaming, sending those shafts of light through the uh, the canopy. But where is that coming from? Because the w- open shots, the wider open shots, <laughs> and even the kind of aerial overhead shot that we see of this area later at the end of the scene, it doesn't really have a for- heavily forested area like this. So you, you know. With the way the enclosure's set up, you'd be able to see one wall from the other wall. There's there's some mm-hmm. ferns in the middle. Yeah. It's we've joked about it before, and we're going to get to it later with that T Rex kingdom. Exactly the same, where aerial shots and mm-hmm. some set shots are not uh, not lining up with what we see in in enclosure. Well, the other thing is is um, this was a full set built, I think, on a na- old NASA property that they just built in the parking lot out of these connex boxes and so that's um this is the whole sets here it's not just the one corner of it like it is with the indominus mm. and then they i guess they just superimposed the wide shots of it onto Kauai. But yeah <laughs> this this was a whole full set they built yeah and again using using those shipping containers as walls we had the raptors um, chewing through bars in the first novel, and <laughs> they're not awfully thick-walled uh, containers. But we're going to see more no. of the enclosure. Oh, you want to? Say but at the same time, they might be just enough to um, kind of handle the raptors' needs. You know? Well, they're being trained. Whether this is just a training area 
um, whether they have a bigger enclosure. We don't see that in the film at all. We only see smaller cages. Um, the catwalks around the entire perimeter, you can see where these animals are at all times in this enclosure going off the, the set. Uh, it's not like the original holding pen for the raptors. So I'm sure if they started... Uh, if two were standing by the wall and the other two were trying to distract them, I'm sure the guards would see that something's going on here. They're trying to escape. Even the height of the catwalks that span the middle are somewhat concerning with how far we know that the raptors can leap upwards in the uh, the first two mm-hmm. novels too. But again, something we've never seen in the films, sadly. Um, looking looking ahead, just at the um, just at the design of the part of the um, whole thing itself, it is interesting because it looks like the top the la- the one side of the Connex box octagon is not completely is not completely finished, but I can't tell if it's like the actual side of it is gone and they have a larger pen for these animals. Or if it's just the um that the wall that that one wall is is um just so covered in foliage that you can't really see it. You know. Is that is that the concept? More about it. What's that? Is that the concept art or the set photos? No, I'm looking at the actual at the actual scene here. Oh, yep. When when we get the camera pull all the way out at the um very end of the of the scene. Okay. Because it is a small space for four raptors, really. I mean, it is, but... And it would make sense if there's more to it, but I don't see any other fencing is the problem. Well, the, the, I mean, the, I don't see any fencing going off from this point. Yeah, yep. And you'd think that would be a bit easier to see on the map, too, if there was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although this is sort of off in its own area, I don't think there's an actual... There isn't a logo on the map for the raptor pen anyway, is there? No, I don't think there is, because it's kind of considered just R&D. I don't think they actually consider it part of the park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like the Indominus enclosure, where it's it's a planned part of the park. Um, As Ron even says it later in the movie, there's no raptors going to be loose on this island. Yeah. At all. Yeah. He's heard the stories. (laughs) He's smart. Yeah, I don't think he is at all keen... To make the same mistakes Hammond did. Yeah. And just cutting back to this jungle here, it, this really screams Jurassic Park through to me, just the, the vines um, mm-hmm. and knowing that sort of stuff. They This is probably shot on Kauai, this um, old Kauai oh, ranch. I, yeah. remember, I remember these shots of these trees being one of the um, teaser images Trevor posted way back when. Yeah, yep. And it's funny, recently Jurassic uh, Outpost had an interview there with uh, the director of um, photography for Jurassic uh, Park for and he was commenting about how hard it is to get these light shafts actually using water to disperse the light and not smoke or anything else because you need multiple light sources to have multiple shafts of light like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the calm is ripped away by a squealing pig and someone that works in a uh, piggery uh, avatars, they are quite loud. And um, it's running along a small path here, a well-trodden um, path. The camera follows for a moment until we see raptor's legs running fast behind it, giving chase. Um, and we start to get this new score here. It's not as tense a theme or anything, but it's, um, it's here for this uh, pig chase anyway. 
and that's when we come cut up high on the enclosure walls as the pig runs out into clearing still squealing and you can clearly see here where the pig just come from there's like five ferns <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, again this whole what's going on here but that's a single raptor emerges from the foliage and the uh, camera drops down to ground level and we get the uh, male voice yell hold and the raptor stops in its tracks sliding to stop in the dead leaves and dirt uh, we get a quick cut to the enclosure wall as the pig escapes out a trapdoor, which slides shut behind it. And this sort of shows how tame this film's going to be with no pig death here. <laughs> One thing I do like that they returned to was something they did in Jurassic Park was when the rap when the first raptor enters the kitchen and is stalking Lex and Tim, you see a close up on the foot and she taps the claw on the ground. And then the other raptor uh, comes up. And they do the same thing here. Blue type, or wraps her, or, I'm sorry, uh, taps her big claw on the ground, and the other raptors come up, come up and flank her. Mm. Well, it's it's something we see in uh, Fallen Kingdom with the Indoraptor, and people are sort of commenting there, well, that must be a raptor trait, completely forgetting that, yes, we see it here in this film as well. Um, the raptor's doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, it could be a raptor trait in the sense that it's something the Indoraptor was instinctively doing and in trying to um, call for others of its kind, not realizing it is the only one of its kind currently on Earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the uh, the pig escapes out of a trapdoor here, which makes me wonder how often this pig has to do this run <laughs> and escape know exactly where to go uh, in the novel it uh, we get a bit of a different explanation which I thought would have been a bit better to see but we had the goat killed in Jurassic Park the uh, Lost World killed the dog damn you Spielberg and uh, I, it would show that raptors being more than just sort of trained golden retrievers here by actually getting the pig and but we do hear um, Owen yell out hold to stop them in their tracks before they have a chance to get to it so but yeah, we cut back, and as you said, that's uh, Tabitha's Clow. Um, not done that. Uh, we get the camera start to slowly rise up the legs. Uh, behind the other three raptors sort of arrive on the scene. Were they chasing the pig as well? Were they coming in from the sides? I don't... <laughs> this enclosure doesn't have enough room for this, but they could have been waiting to set the trap too. We see they then mm-hmm. try and do the same thing with Owen later when he goes in there, so... Um, and this is where we get our full first look at Blue the Raptor, uh, Queen Blue to some, and um, among the others, yeah, Delta Echo, Charlie. Yeah, there was Blue, Delta Echo, and Charlie. I think that was it. But I do want to take a quick moment to kind of point out some interesting design features of these four raptors. The uh, the snouts on Echo and Blue. I'm not. I'm sorry, on Delta and Charlie. Both have a more Jurassic Park 3 um, kind of raised ridge over on the sides of the snouts, whereas Echo and Blue are both more Jurassic Park classic um, raptor style with just a kind of more flat head. Hmm. Yeah, I think just before the film came out, we had that um, that bit of marketing stuff, the four raptors, mm-hmm. and you could get a good look at the four differences. We don't... Oh, I found it hard to work out which one was which in the film here too, because you don't get a lot of shots with them um, for very long unless their heads are stuck I always, in them. I always mix up Delta and Charlie. 
Mm-hmm. Because they're both kind of green and both striped, you know? Yeah, but one of them... Well, it might be okay. One of them's got the sauna, the avian eye, not the reptile eye as well. Which is one thing I was discussing with a YouTuber who's talking about the uh, the Amber Collection, how like, Charlie's just coming out, mm-hmm. and how it's most likely just going to be all a repaint of blue, uh, where there are different characteristics between the four animals. But mm-hmm. Something Mattel probably won't do <laughs> with those figures, but... But even Blue here, I know there's been a lot of criticism about the uh, the rat designs. Uh, maybe she's eating more than just those rats that Owen's feeding her in a couple of minutes. Uh, when they are... Um, oh, zoo animals, they are sort of in... in uh, I don't even know the word. Now, they're, they're not wild, so they, they would be getting fed set times a day, um, whether that's beef, goat, pig this little pig got away now but he's probably dinner anyway <laughs> um, I mean I just think it's something that I mean it's weird because those snout differences that you can clearly trace back to the two different raptor tribes in the first two and third movie hmm. it's not something people really point out a lot or pay attention to but it is I mean pretty much consistent through the whole movie yeah well, it is a good good to see a little bit of that um that mm-hmm. difference, and not just all JP Raptors, or um, it sort of leads to the fact that, well, yeah, the stuff on Sauna Wu did create, and probably would still have samples of or whatever, and still incorporating some of those version numbers mm-hmm. into his newer newer animals. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about the Ibris project here coming up the next minute, and we'll get more into those differences and what they were doing with the raptors genetically not just behaviorally you know yep, yep. and she's also got this big blue stripe down the side i know it's to help identify to identify her and for the uh, the toys but i i think it looks a bit unnatural and yes i know some animals have uh, quite vivid coloring in that but i'm not a big fan of the big blue stripes down the side I think they actually based that off of some species of lizard, like a ginkgo or some something like that. I can't remember. But I want to say that one's actually based on a lizard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think... I'd have to have a look at the Ibris article again, but isn't I'm pretty sure there's something in her DNA that gave her that... that's mentioned there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or I might be thinking of the Indominus, but... But yeah, the raptors are sort of all looking around here, looking where the uh, the pig went... And that's when we hear someone yell, hey, and they all snap their heads up uh, as one. And the camera pans up towards a walkway uh, above the enclosure. We get a nice uh, solar flare here, a solar flare, lens flare, as uh, Owen Grady's introduced to us, standing there, hand in the air. And uh, as the minute ends, he says, okay, follow, <laughs> follow by eyes on me. And we get the little click, click, clicky from his clicker that uh, a lot of people had issues with <laughs> in the, the fandom as well. Anything else on that before we get into the novel comparisons? Um, no, I think we're good. All right. Not a lot in the uh, novel. Um, we get pretty much the same dialogue here, but when we get the uh, Raptor pen, the uh, pig rams into the steel wall with nowhere else to go. There's no door there. And <laughs> it's actually Owen yelling hold and clicking his clicker that stops the Raptors from attacking it. And we'll get we'll get more to it in the uh, next minutes of... Um, that pig's there the entire time that he's here doing this stuff with the Raptors. He's sort of the training is keeping them away, keeping them not focused on the pig, but focused on him, which I think that's what the, uh, 
Charlie is sort of turning to look at the pig again in the uh, novelization when he tells her to cut that shit out. So um, we'll discuss that next minute. But uh, Dave, that's been minute nineteen. Anything else you want to discuss before we get here today? No, I think we're good. All right, lovely. <laughs> <laughs>